thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on February 5th, 2023. We're continuing our study of Jesus in Luke's Gospel, and today we get to a big question from the Pharisees. It's similar to a question that we often ask today in Christian circles, when? When is this going to happen? Now, we often pick on the Pharisees, but I'll tell you, in this particular point, this was a good question. They believed in Bible prophecies, and they believed in God strongly enough to ask, when is the Messiah coming? Or when will God set up his kingdom? Now, they didn't fully understand the question, for their doctrine of God's kingdom and of the Messiah wasn't 100% accurate, but it was a good question. And they asked the right person, Jesus. We ask a similar question today. When will Jesus return? It's a good question, for we believe in Bible prophecies and in Jesus. We know more than the Pharisees, but we're still puzzled by some of the details, depending upon which pastor or which book or even which movie series you consult, you will find many interpretations of the return of Jesus and the end times. I, I don't want to puzzle you, but let, let me give you just some of the names of the different interpretations. There are amillennialist, postmillennialist, historic premillennialist, and premillennial dispensationalist. That's complicated by the fact that there are those who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, a mid-tribulation rapture, and a post-tribulation rapture. If all that just confused you, don't worry about it. Don't label those who disagree with your particular point of view as heretics or liberals, because we're all trying to make sense of some challenging biblical clues. And there have been spiritual giants in every single one of those viewpoints that I mentioned. But today, at least, we're asking the right person, Jesus. What did you say about your return? The Pharisees' question is, when will the Messiah come? We know that Jesus, the Messiah, has already come. And our question is, when will he return? And Jesus answered both questions in today's passage. So I want you to listen carefully to what Jesus had to say. It's incredibly important and really countercultural today for us to believe in a literal, literal return of Jesus, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches, that he will return. And though we're making an absolute mess of things on earth, it will be God and not man who will bring an end to life on earth as we know it when Jesus returns. I want you to know that. I want you to believe that. I want you to live your life with the understanding that Jesus himself is coming back. So our passage for today is in Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 20. Let's stand together. We're going to read these and pay attention carefully to what Jesus said in answer to the Pharisees' questions. It reads this way. Once... On being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is. 
because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them, for the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord? they asked. And he replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. You may be seated. And I hope you can see that Jesus talked about two different questions, and you'll find answers to both of the winds. The Pharisees asked, when will God's kingdom come? When will God set up his kingdom? And then he answered the question, and What will it be like when Jesus returns? When will he return? The answers to both questions are here. So let's break it down into at least five things that Jesus taught. And the first truth is Jesus' direct answer to the Pharisees. When will God set up his kingdom? When will the Messiah come? And the truth that Jesus said was, my kingdom is already here. When will the Messiah come? In essence, he said, you're looking at him. When will God set up his kingdom? He said, it's all around you. You don't see it because you're looking for earthly power. You're looking for a popular leader and a strong army with banners and weapons. And all you see in front of you is a rabbi and some followers. It's because you're looking for the wrong thing. You don't understand that the Son of Man, the Messiah will have to suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. He told the Pharisees, you're looking with earthly eyes and not through the eyes of God, and so you don't see what God is doing. Listen instead to God and to what God is doing. We often make the same mistake that the Pharisees made. We look to political, governmental and military solutions. God's kingdom is different. Politics won't solve our issues because power exaggerates human weakness and corruption. Militaries won't solve our issues for military advances just lead to the need for more and bigger and stronger military. A great economy is not going to solve the issues of the world. 
because more is never enough. So don't just use earthly eyes to find out what's going on in the world. The unrest that is so common in today's world may lead people, and my prayer is that it will lead people to things that only God's love and the gospel of Jesus Christ can provide, peace and security and spiritual and emotional health and eternal life and love. Look only with your earthly eyes. And you're going to look at the world and you're going to say, what is God doing? But get out on the streets and talk to hurting people and you will see that God is deeply at work in today's world. The Pharisees lived in the greatest period in human history. That 33 years in which Jesus himself, the Son of God, came and walked the, the earth in the flesh. And they never saw it because they were looking with earthly eyes and not through the eyes of God. We need to learn to look at what God's doing and not what the world says is happening. To look at God and not just the news if you want to see God at work. Let me give you an example. In the 60s and 70s, the church in America saw young people struggling with drugs and sex. And that's all the church saw. And so they missed thousands, millions actually, of young people who found what they needed in Jesus. It's called the Jesus movement, the Jesus revolution. All the church saw with their earthly eyes was long hair, rebellion, and peace signs. And they missed what God saw, a Jesus generation in need of love and forgiveness. So look with God's eyes and not just earthly eyes. Are you going to miss what God is doing? Hey, listen, when God's at work, I'm going to tell you, Fox and CNN aren't going to report it. ABC and NBC and CBS and all the rest are going to miss it. But you get out and talk to people, and you'll find God is at work. I enjoyed a, a lunch Wednesday with uh, uh, the barbecue mission people out in, in uh, the uh, parking lot. It was one of their, their larger crowds, pulled pork sandwiches, by the way. If you guys didn't come, the pulled pork is not the attraction. It's hurting, hungry, messed up people who hang out in our parking lot and we get a chance to talk to them and love them about Jesus. God's at work. That's not going to make any new station. But we need to do what God taught us to do, look to him and not just with our earthly eyes to find out what God is doing. My kingdom is already here. I'm at work, Jesus said. Pharisees, don't miss it. And then after pointing out that his kingdom was already here and God was already at work. Then he starts talking about the days of the Son of Man or the day of the Lord when Jesus will return. And after pointing out that he is already here, he says, listen, my return someday will be obvious. Listen, when Jesus returns, you and I are not going to have to be told. It will not be a secret. We're not going to read about it 
in the newspaper or see it in a YouTube video. People won't wonder what just happened. It will be, Jesus said, like lightning flashing across the sky. Everybody will see, everybody will know that Jesus is back. My youth group was in an A-frame cabin, the top of pretty close to the top of 9,000-foot Mount Lemmon in southern Arizona. Rain and then hail had forced us to leave the, the evening campfire and go back to our cabin. And just about the time we settled into our sleeping bags, we saw the brightest flash of light any of us had ever seen and the loudest thunder any of us had ever heard. If you've not been in a thunderstorm at 9,000 feet, you may not have an idea of what I'm talking about. But I want to tell you, the, 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 the cabin shook. The windows rattled. Lights went out. Power was off. Nobody was asleep. We're fumbling in the dark looking for our flashlights. We were in what up to that point was the most powerful thunderstorm of any of our lives. It was one of the scariest and most terrifying things we had ever experienced. And no one missed it. Teenage girls were crying. Teenage guys were crying, though they never admitted it. But everybody knew, and Jesus said, listen, that's what my return will be like. I'm coming back someday. Don't worry, you are not going to miss it. You're not going to have to look for or wonder what just happened. Everybody will know Jesus is back. If I'm alive when it happens, it will be the scariest and the most glorious moment of my life. And then Jesus said, my return will be sudden. <clears throat> Meaning there will be no countdown. There will be no advance notice other than what the Bible says in general terms about conditions on earth. We'll learn more about those conditions when we get to Luke 21. Jesus said here that people will be living life, working, sleeping, eating, having fun, getting married, and then Jesus will return. And he gave two examples. He said, one will be like the flood in Noah's day. No one except for Noah and his family had a clue that a worldwide epic flood was coming. And he also mentioned Lot's time. The people of Sodom were living life and fire and brimstone fell from the sky. It was sudden and unannounced. Even for those of us who have studied the word, it will be sudden. Jesus could come before I say today, and all the people said, amen. It could be before sunset. It could be before your next birthday. It could be before the Cardinals hire a new coach. It probably will be before the Raiders win another Super Bowl. Many of us could be alive when it happens, or maybe we'll all be with Jesus. It's impossible to predict the exact when, but based on the words of Jesus, I can guarantee that it will happen. 
I mean, we worry about climate change and nuclear war and military buildup and everything else. And, and those are issues that have to be dealt with, I suppose. But the real end of the world will come when Jesus suddenly decides this is the time. And he already knows when that is. I don't. He doesn't tell me those things. He doesn't tell you those things. And anybody who claims they know those things is not being biblical. As Jesus said, it will come suddenly. And you'll not know until that moment. My kingdom is already here, Jesus said. My return will be obvious. My return will be sudden. And then Jesus taught that, and this is kind of the scary part. My return will be either horrible or incredible. For those who don't know Jesus, it will be like a flood that they didn't see coming, which completely overwhelms them. It will be like fire and brimstone suddenly falling from the sky with no advance notice. And he made clear to say it will be too late to run. If, if you're on your housetop, which is where most of them had their, their porches, their, their outside place. If you're on the housetop, it's too late to go back in the house. If you're out in the field, it's too late to go back to the house. Life on earth is over. And it'll be horrible if you don't know Jesus. It'll be too late. Which is why preachers like me and others encourage you and challenge you make your decision about what you believe and who you are now because you won't have a chance then and you don't want to face an eternity without God it will be like all the worst things of life on earth no hope no love no joy no beauty no peace and worse. And I don't want to live an eternity like that. Jesus said, my return will be horrible. But for those who know Jesus, it will be like Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 14, a mansion designed by God for us. It will be like all the good things of earth without any pain, hatred, disease, war, Racism, addictions, broken relationships, or death. It'll be all that we ever wanted, but have not yet fully experienced yet. Here's some good news. We're not going to need politicians. Because Jesus himself will be our king. We won't need lawyers. Because there will be no disputes. We won't need doctors because we will all have perfect health. And we won't even need preachers because Jesus himself will teach us. The love and joy and beauty that we experience on earth is just a deposit, a tiny hint of what heaven will be like for us someday. Now, I know a lot of people who are already living in heaven, so do you. So don't feel bad for those who have gone ahead of us because they are experiencing life as they always wanted it and never could quite obtain. My return will be horrible, 
or it will be incredible. And Jesus was teaching his disciples, make up your mind now. Because on that day, it'll be too late. And then he closed with a warning. And the warning was simple. Judgment is coming. And the disciples didn't really fully understand everything that Jesus had told them. I'm, I'm not sure we understand everything either. Because when he told them about this, that, that he was coming back, they asked, where? They didn't understand that it was a universal, everywhere kind of thing. And so they asked, where is this going to happen? And he answered with a common Jewish proverb. He said, where there is a dead body, that's where the vultures will gather. It was a word picture, common in Jewish circles, meaning as surely as vultures seek out the dead, so my judgment is coming. There, there's a beautiful section of the Vermilion Cliffs. You're on the road between Page and the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Don and I were coming back from camping in Colorado and Utah last year, and we came back that way. And we had paid more than normal attention this whole camping trip to, to birds. And so it was obvious we saw a group of at least a dozen vultures circling not too far off the road and beginning to descend. You don't have to be a bird expert to know what's going on there. Something had died or was about to die. And the vultures were gathering. As clear a picture as you can get. And Jesus was saying, we don't talk about this all the time because we talk about the glories of following Jesus and the glories of heaven. But Jesus closed by saying, listen, my judgment is coming. That's one of the scariest truths of the Bible. And so it comes down to this. Either we will face God's judgment or we will experience God's overwhelming love and forgiveness. And the choice is ours, as long as we make it before Jesus returns. And since we don't know when Jesus is going to return, we don't put it off. We make that decision now. So what do we do with this kind of information? He didn't give us a date, but he said, I'm coming back. He said, I'm all around you, I'm at work, but listen, a day is coming and it'll be sudden and it'll be obvious and then it'll be too late. What do we do about that information now? I want to give you two things to do. They're pretty simple, they're pretty obvious. You could have written this sermon and you know exactly where I'm going with it. Number one, get ready. Jesus is coming soon. There comes a time for every person on earth to choose who they are and what they believe about God and about Jesus. The judgment that I've referred to, which is coming and is real and is biblical, it will be reserved for those who choose not to believe in Jesus. The mansion I referred to, this beautiful place, will be reserved for those who choose to believe in Jesus. And that's a huge difference. And God gives us all the opportunity and another opportunity and another opportunity and another opportunity. And we don't know when those opportunities will end to put our faith and trust in Jesus. 
Now, now listen, because you've heard me say this before, but I, I really want you to get it. You go to heaven by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. There is no other way. It, it's not by being a Baptist. Sometimes as Baptists, we've, we've got the wrong idea. Just go to a Baptist church and you're okay. Jesus said nothing about being a Baptist in the Word. It's not about being good. You and I can't be good enough. I'm a pastor by virtue of my job. I'm supposed to be good. As some people have told me before, Pastor, we pay you to be good. I'm not good enough. And neither are you. You don't get to heaven by being good. You don't get to heaven by walking the aisle. You don't get to heaven by being baptized. You put your faith and trust in Jesus is the only way. And there comes a time in which everybody needs to make that decision. I believe there is a God. He is real. Jesus is his son. He died for me. He rose on the third day. And Jesus is calling me to follow and believe in him. And I challenge you to do that today if you've never done that. We can help you. It's not a scary decision. It's a great decision. I get a life worth living on this earth. I get all my sins forgiven. I get God's love and forgiveness. I get a relationship with God. I get the wisdom of God to lead me through life. I get a church of people who will love me. And I get eternal life when I die. I get to go to heaven. That doesn't sound like a bad decision to me. The alternative is horrible. I will die without Jesus. And spend eternity without him. So, so, so get ready. And number two, and I've used this phrase before, I want you to understand it. Live ready. <clears throat> Don't miss the key verse 33 in this passage. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. Focus only on you, your life, your career, your work, your money, your fun, your bucket list, think only about you. And Jesus said, that's the conundrum. You end up losing your life. If it's all about you, you got nothing. But be willing to give up your life for Jesus and for others. And then you gain real life. Hang on to it. You're going to lose it. Give it away to Jesus and to others to serve him. And you get eternal life. You got to think about what that means. But that's what you do to live ready. So what's your focus? What are your goals? What do you want out of life? What's on your bucket list? If the answer is all about you. You've missed the whole point of what Jesus taught. And you may lose everything in the long run. Even if you complete your earthly bucket list, you could lose everything. I got my money, I got my fun, I got my car, I got my house, I've been to all the places I want, want, want to go to. It's all about me. You live all about me. And you lose the he, the relationship with God that is so important. D.L. Moody, and I've quoted him before, and you probably know this, a great pastor of a previous generation his bucket list was simple 
He said, I want to go to heaven and take as many people with me as possible. That's a pretty good life's goal. I want to go to heaven and take as many people with me as possible. He's there now. And because of his life and ministry, and by the way, he didn't start out as a preacher. He started out as a shoe salesman in Chicago. And then he taught a Sunday school class. And, and the, the, the preacher in the church wasn't even all that impressed with him. So they said, okay, we're going to start off by teach. You're going to teach a boys Sunday school class. And he said, good, where are the boys? He said, we don't have any. We got no boys in the age group, which I've signed you the class. You want to teach the class? Go find them. And so he hit the streets and he started talking to, to children about Jesus. And pretty soon he had the largest Sunday school class in the whole church. We're not talking a, a trained Bible theologian. He sold shoes and he loved boys and God used him in a great way. Because he started that early. I want to go to heaven. And I want to take people with me. And God blessed that. And gave him a great life here on earth. And he's with Jesus today. I want to see you someday with Jesus in heaven. I'm going to be there. Not because I'm a great guy, because I'm not. I'm going to be there because I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And on the day he comes back, or the day I die, whichever comes first, he's going to come get me and take him, take me to be with him forever. And I want you to be there as well. So I want you to think about that, and I want you to pray about it. If you're not ready, I want you to give ready. If you are ready, I want you to live ready. And understand and remember, there's something greater than me, that's him. There's something more important than my work, that's his work. There's more, something more important than my money, there's his. I want to follow Jesus in this life and on into the next. You stand with me and let's pray together. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.